Give a little time for the child within you. Don't be afraid to be young and free. Undo the locks and throw away the keys and take off your shoes and socks and run you. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Beautiful day in Los Angeles for folks concerned that they haven't been getting the weather report from here in Los Angeles. Beautiful day. I'm going to say it's 10,000 degrees outside. Um, and uh, just yesterday, uh, Richard Thompson was warming up in the band shell right by the office while I was trying to record my show. So, uh, Who's Richard Thompson? Uh, Richard and Linda Thompson. He's a famous uh, sort of folk rock singer-songwriter. Okay. Of the 1970s. Uh, just hanging out over there in the band shell doing some of his uh, legendary acoustic guitar playing. That sounds fun. No, it wasn't. Made it, made you, so you were doubly annoyed. You were annoyed because of the heat and then – Old Thompson comes in, starts jangling it up. It was a, it was a, it and was you more blew than I your top. To deal with, you know, I want to see. It made you go on one of your signature rants. I'll tell you what I want to see out of that park. Hmm. Dia de Pesca, that's the fish day. Sure. Um, the youth, the youth fishing. What was it? The youth fishing jamboree. Something like that. Yeah. Um, the let's introduce our guest on the program before we get into what I want to <laughs> see out of the park outside of our office. Linda Holmes is uh, the author of NPR's Monkey See blog about popular culture. She's the co-host of the Pop Culture Happy Hour, a program much more popular than our own, uh, over there at the National Public Radio Network. Just because it's better. Yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, oh, we're better. Oh, oh my throat's so good. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh. We're so thoughtful and funny. Oh. Yeah. Oh, we, we, go, we go see all the different things we have opinions on. <laughs> Uh, Linda, welcome to the show. Thank you, Jesse. So these are the things I, Linda, I'm including you in this now. These okay, are the things sure. I want out of that. I want children fishing. I want little boats. There was a, a, a remote controlled motorboat out mm-hmm. there the other day. You know, what, what happens is I can't see the lake from my office. My office is in the back. I got the crappy view. Mm-hmm. But uh, the rest of the staff is out there and they got the big picture window looking out on the lake. It's beautiful. They call me out. If something important's going down. Oh, yeah. Yeah, all you can see from your window is a billboard for the rocks Hercules. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, that's not a bad view now that uh, no, it's, I he's mean, looking it's good. certainly shapely. He's looking good. Um, by the way, Dwayne Johnson, thank you. Oh, he's back to the rock now. What? Yeah. No, he's Dwayne Johnson on the poster for Hercules. Oh, I don't know. I, 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 uh, Come on, Jordan. Sorry. He's I thought, just I think Dwayne he's Johnson. Back, I think he's back to the rock. Doesn't he say no. the rock occasionally? No. Uh, he might say The Rock occasionally, but that poster says Dwayne Johnson. It doesn't even say Dwayne The Rock Johnson. I think it depends oh, wow. on what he's doing. I think like when he's acting, he's Dwayne Johnson. Hmm. I think, And I think Hercules counts as acting. That's true because he's a historical figure. What's well, he exactly. called when he's race car driving? <laughs> <laughs> hey, does uh, he have a different name for uh, Indy and, race, and NASCAR? Probably. <laughs> yeah. You don't know. F1? He, he could have a lot of names. I want to see... Uh, remote controlled things, just okay. in right, general. Right, sure. Uh, I want to see boats, planes, cars. I want to see any kind of coordinated dance or fitness class. Mm-hmm. Sometimes there's a Zumba class out there. That's a lot of fun because everybody's doing Zumba, and you're like, "What's everybody <laughs> doing Zumba out there together in a park?" You know what I mean? Where, where, <laughs> where better? Fun. Where better? It's just fun. Uh, but I don't want. I don't want Richard Thompson. Is there around. any? Is there any musical act you would find acceptable? Is there anything that you kind of want to hear a muffled version of from your office? Well, the thing is, is our our office does some serious muffling. Yeah. So what do you want to hear muffled? Possibly dub reggae? 
Oh yeah, that might 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 improve the break because you're only bit. getting like the you're only getting the low end. Yeah, I exactly. Assume. Yeah, oh. I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it used to be that at NPR, uh, Bob Boylan of NPR Music used to call everyone over to look when there was a, a particularly nice rainbow to look at, and sometimes would make an announcement over the PA. And then you would who let Bob Boylan control the PA <laughs> in our in our old building. I'm not sure. I, I've never used the paging in the new building, but in the old building, any old person could could uh, pick up the phone and and page everybody. You hear a lot less paging in the new building. If I was writing a joke about the funniest possible thing for the staff at NPR to do, it would be run into a room to see a rainbow. <laughs> oh, no. no, no, no. You think that that's true because I have not yet told you about the time at the new building that everyone crowded onto the terrace uh, outside our, our, our little new fourth floor terrace. And kissed a picture of Neil Young. No, went out there to look at the sunset. Oh. And when the sunset was over, everyone clapped. <laughs> that is an absolutely true story. And we came inside and my friend uh, Gene Demby of NPR's Code Switch said uh, to me, I think that what just happened is what everyone who doesn't work at NPR thinks people do at NPR. They applauded a sunset. <laughs> they applauded the sunset. In my, so- in my imagination, everyone then just jumps <laughs> off jumps off of the balcony and parachutes down into their L.L. Bean edition Subarus. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was just – I mean, it was great. You go out there and everybody – And then drives right to the Zither store. Everybody, it, everybody was having desserts. a very nice Zithers. moment. We all just went yeah. out there. I mean, the building was very new at that time and the, the terraces were pretty new. So you would go out there because it, nice, it was a nice evening. You could be outside. It's a beautiful building. I, I've been to this. You, Jordan, you haven't had the opportunity to, be, uh, to visit this building as simply a listener to National Public sure. Radio and not a partner. That's right. As I am. Right. But uh, I, I went out there to NPR and got a tour of this new building. Um, and uh, you got you got all kind of nice stuff. You got bumblebees. And they got their own bumblebees. Those don't sound nice. You got bees. Those sound like they have, there's ouchy potential there. Jordan, you got to wear a bumblebee suit. <laughs> oh, okay. Like that guy from The Simpsons. <laughs> they're not, I mean, they're not at our desks or anything. Like okay. That. No, they're out. They're out around the flowers collecting nectars. They're out, but maybe, Still, maybe I heard they died. Yeah, I heard something sad about the bees, but I don't remember what the end of the story was. Oh. I, I mean, if they, if, if in fact we have to start over with new bees, I think we probably will. But were I, these, I'm not sure. So, what the so status these bees were like brought in? It's always a hassle when you have to train newbies, though. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, they uh, they were bees. Um, I'm not sure the current status of the bees, but uh, they brought in um, a, a couple of beehives mm-hmm. that were on the roof, and they serve a couple of functions. They are, uh, first of all, fun to look at. Sure, and also, I'll look at a hive. Well, it's I'm a, not too good to look at a hive. It's a green. It's a green thing. Sure, it's gotcha. a green thing. It's good for the environment. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's part of your environmental program when you build a new building. It can be part of your program. To no, are you concerned about these. them getting into bonnets? <laughs> is that a concern? Well, what uh, if Ophabia Quistarkton is in town? She's wearing a beautiful bonnet. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I I don't know. I stay I stay indoors and away. I will say my my pop culture happy hour uh, co host Stephen Thompson said when they first opened that building, he sort of said. It's like they're trying to play on all of my fears at once. You know, we have a, we have a lovely, beautiful new building, but we, should, we covered it with bees. We should mention there's a shark tank, too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, and no. just you're, you're exactly. called upon to do random public speaking. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's true. And then I someone mean, reminds you that we all die alone. I'm yeah. glad you brought up your all co-host, Stephen Thompson. I've been really worried about this ever since you, you guys were kind enough. When I was, I was just in town for like a conference at NPR – 
and I ran into Linda and uh, she said, oh, we're going to tape later today. You should come visit the show. And so I was ecstatic mm-hmm. to go and do that because I was very bored at the conference. <laughs> Extremely bored. How could you be bored? How could I you be know. bored in Studio One listening it's, to presentations? It's because I wasn't sitting with the people from On the Media. They're the fun ones. Mm-hmm. If you're wondering who's the fun ones, it's the people from On the you Media. you got to find the fun people. Yeah. I, you were stuck with those teetotalers from Morning Edition. Oh, boy. Um. <laughs> I didn't meet anyone from Morning Edition. I don't even think I know anyone from Morning Edition. Um, <laughs> Come on, Morning Edition Edition crew. It's all... noon somewhere. Huh? Let's They're start. Nice people. nice people, Morning Edition. Yeah. Um, I, uh, uh, I went up and recorded recorded your show. It was super fun. Uh, got to meet all of you guys. I've listened before. I was a really fan of the show. It was, a, it was an honor and a pleasure. And I told after, as I was leaving, as my segment was done and I had to go – I told Stephen Thompson how much I enjoyed reading his writing in the AV club when I was in high school. (laughs) And I didn't mean it as a like, hey, look, hey, old timer. Like when I was in high school, you were already writing in the AV club. I really meant that I really enjoyed reading his writing in the AV club. Reading the AV club when I was in high school was really great because there weren't and there weren't other outlets at the time. Mm. Um, I mean, there barely are now. But uh, there weren't other outlets at the time to read about the kind of stuff I was interested in. Yeah. And it was very inspirational to me. I'm I sure think he Stephen recovered. Thompson just thought I was telling him he was old. I'm sure, I'm sure he recovered. He, uh, I'm sure that it was more important to him that you enjoyed the AV Club, which uh, was his, his baby. He founded the AV yep. Club. Uh, then – um, than it is to think about his his impending his mortality, which he he talks about quite a bit himself. I should so he's clarify. A, he's a man who is in touch with his mortality. I had a good looking uh, teen come up to me recently and tell me that she uh, loved listening to Jordan Jesse go while she was in the womb. Apparently, her <laughs> mom, in order to make her dumber, right, would put headphones on her pregnant belly and listen and pipe to in Jordan, Jordan Jesse go. It's like a reverse baby Einstein. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Baby Unstein. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. Hi, my name's Dave. And my name's Graham. Now, what do we have to do to put you in a brand new podcast today? Yeah, what do you want me to drink bleach? I'll do it. Yeah, Dave will drink bleach. If that's what it takes to get you to listen to Stop Podcasting Yourself on MaximumFun.org. Don't make Dave drink bleach. Just listen to the show. He will, but don't make him. Stop podcasting yourself. It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Linda Holmes, Quaker Avenger. She's ready. Wow. She's right there. Now, do you avenge the deaths of Quakers? Because they can't avenge themselves? No, I was raised Quaker. Oh. I was raised Quaker. I went to Quaker school when I was growing up. So uh, I grew up in Wilmington, Delaware, and I went to uh, Quaker school in Wilmington. Now you're my double friend. (laughs) That's right. I'm your small F and large F friend. Um, Now, was it? Was it your goal when you came of age to date a shaker? 
<laughs> no, you know. The shakers uh, don't exist anymore. Yeah, That's true. They, all, they died and they, they can't have sex. They it, died from not being able to procreate. <laughs> they've made it difficult for themselves to – they've made it difficult for themselves to continue. God, what's the sell on shakerdom? The like, ecstasy. Oh, that's right. The, the ecstasy, ecstasy of the Lord. Yeah. <laughs> the, furni- yeah. the furniture, right? Oh, well, yeah. The, yeah the, those two things. The ecstasy I mean, I, and right. the furniture. You get the, those gorgeous boxes. Yeah, the plain the plain but well-made rocking chairs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the ecstatic writhing. <laughs> exactly. Whereas the great thing about Quakerism is you get lots of silence. Sure. Mm-hmm. Which, is, which is actually a lovely thing. You, I mean, if you've ever heard me talk, you wouldn't necessarily think that I would be into that, but... It's actually you're just it, making up for for a childhood of silence. Exactly right. It's actually a lovely thing, like to have it built into your particularly your school day or your school week. It's to, you know to go to school where every day uh, for a few minutes everyone sits quietly. It's wait, not a wait, so way. really, like like where the pledge of allegiance would be or something? There's just a quiet time. <laughs> Here's the thing: Quakers, a Quaker, a Quakerism is a a religion of nonviolence. That would make me want to punch. <laughs> yeah, Having I mean, to sit quietly. Yeah, I mean, it and was reflect. Uh, yeah, I mean, you at least get used to to tolerating it, if, sure. even if you don't get anything out of it. And then once a week, at my school anyway, once a week you actually do have a forty minute um, meeting for worship, and you just sit. High school students, middle huh. school students, you sit. It's forty minutes, and you're not allowed to read a book. No, not no. even the good one. No, you know. <laughs> What about a bad book? <laughs> that would no. be what it would take. You can't read. You sit. You sit quietly. And this is what I'm saying is it seems like it's something that they wouldn't be able to tolerate. But they do. They learn it and then you and then you can tolerate it fine. If you wanted me to read the Bible, a good way to get me to do it would be to say. This is the alternative to sitting silently? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Then I would become a voracious Bible reader. <laughs> well, and the thing is, in the Philadelphia area, Quaker schools, and it's somewhat true in the D.C. area too, but in the Philadelphia area, Quaker schools are much more common. They're just— They're, they're like just, Scrapple. Uh, they're, a very, <laughs> they're a very common kind of private school. It's, it's not huh. like a—it's not a, as weird of a thing as it would be. And were were your not, parents serious Quakers? Um, my my mother was a Quaker. My parents taught at the school. Oh, okay. Um, so my parents were both teachers there. So. I looked up. I thought I we my wife and I um, when we were trying to buy a house, we're trying to figure out what to do about where my son and uh, later my second son would go to school. And uh, we were lucky enough to find a neighborhood that has a good elementary school, although the other schools are horrible. Um, but before we did that. Um, we were thinking about, oh, what if we sent it? We found out that there was a friend school in L.A. You know how much private school costs in Los Angeles? No, oh, tons, even, I'm sure. Even religious private school. It costs like what college costs. <laughs> it costs like $35,000 a year per student. Well, as I said, when I was growing up, my my parents worked there. So Yeah. So you just got you just got in there. <laughs> now, when you say when you say that the other schools are Do you bad, you have to buy your own buckle shoes. <laughs> no. That's uh, That's it, a myth about Quakers. Well, you know, the con- the confusion with pilgrims is uh, <laughs> frequent, but, you know, uh, actually most Quakers nowadays, you know, since a couple uh, hundred years ago, most you would not be able to identify on the street. Well, I would be able to recognize dress. my high school American history teacher, Miss Letterer, who was a Quaker. Yeah, yeah, but she, but I, I suspect she did not have the. Uh, I did know a guy in college who that came up one time, and he said, "Oh, go buckle your hat." 
<laughs> what accent was that? His. Yeah. I don't know. Just a weirdo. Mook. Yeah. yeah. Hey, mook. Hey. I, Jesse's getting oh, it. Buckle it your hat. Generic mook. Just a goober. Uh, buckle your hat. Do you do you go to meeting and stuff? I don't anymore. I mean, I don't. I I don't. It's funny. I don't. I haven't ever kind of thought about. I'm not going to go anymore. I just have kind of not gone as an adult, but um, but I sometimes go if I'm home or you know occasionally with my sister because my sister goes. I thought about I, I you know when uh, uh, when our friend Maria Bamford was here yes uh, last week, jeez Louise yesterday, I um and she was describing. I think Jesse, I think you beat yourself up too much for that mistake, that very reasonable mistake. Really? Yeah. Okay, I'm The tired. last show that we did. It's fine. Uh, on, on last week's program, our friend Maria Bamford visited, and mm-hmm. she talked about her Unitarian Universalist church uh, that she goes to for community and baked goods. And, you know, I— Well, she said cheesecake. I guess cheesecake isn't baked. Is it? Yeah, I believe cheesecake has—there's some baking involved. I guess if I'm you make go your own— I'm going to our resident I guess baker, if you make Jen, your own crust. on the boards— um, Jen does a lot of baking. She's going to have to look up whether there's any baking involved. In I mean, maybe it depends on if you're using a pre-made crust or not. There is baking involved. Okay. It's confirmed. Um, I, I, uh, you know, it's funny. Like, I went to church as a kid. I was an Episcopalian. Mm-hmm. And I worked in a church as a young adult, also an Episcopalian church. Mm-hmm. And I, um, I liked, up until I was a teenager, liked going to church. Because, yeah, don't, I, don't have to actually go to church. <laughs> I uh, used to go to Sunday school and Episcopalian, like lefty Episcopalian Sunday school. Not that didactic. Mm. Uh, <laughs> not that didactic. Um, and, uh, and you know, I, I liked working at the church a lot. Everybody's real nice because mm-hmm. uh, they worked at a church. They had chosen a life of morality. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like that was their like number one priority was to be closer to God who they associated with uh, making moral decisions with their lives, you know. And I miss going to church a little bit, except for that I'm totally an atheist. <laughs> like, not an angry atheist. I, I, appreciate, uh, I appreciate other people's faiths and so, so on and so forth. But, like, I just don't believe in God at all. And Unitarianism seems uh, nice but made up. <laughs> um, and I wish that there was a type of church that I could go to. That was about something that I and I don't care enough about atheism to go to one of those atheism churches, you know, where they all read, you know, like they whatever it is that they do, <laughs> you know, like I've heard it described to I me. I didn't even know that was a thing. It's a thing. Uh, it's they not, all, they just kiss a picture of Carl Sagan. <laughs> they just put baking soda and vinegar together. Yeah. <laughs> God is alive. I've made a volcano. <laughs> Um, I think it's like look if that's if that's what floats your boat I'm I'm all for that too uh, but I do like the idea of getting together with everybody in my neighborhood once a week yeah and uh, like knowing which old ladies need a ride to something sure I mean, you know uh, I mean that is the function that that's a that's a function that religion serves for a lot of people I think I don't think your feelings about that are uncommon mm-hmm. I mean I think the question is how self conscious are you about Going along a certain amount. (laughs) God, I would feel like a real heel. I'm not suggesting you should do this. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. Maybe I should. You know, the the most recent Episcopalian church I went to was the leftiest of Episcopalian churches. Like it wasn't just that there were uh, women and gay priests. Mm -hmm. I don't like there was barely straight or male priests. You know what I mean? Like it was like. 
There's a painting of Malcolm X, not a Christian even, and a bear. One of their saints was a bear, like a saintly bear. I don't remember what the bear did. Probably drove around in a little car in a Russian circus. I remember that one of the saints, they had this huge mural of all of these saints, you know, and one of the saints was Paul Erdos, the mathematician. And Paul Erdos was famous. First, first of all, he lived with his mom until he was like 40 or 45 and she died. And she, like, did everything for him. So he didn't know how to do anything. And he was single. And so he would just live with colleagues. Mm -hmm. Their wives would take care of him. This is Mm. in, like, the 50s when lady mathematicians were few and far between. So they all had wives. Uh, Their wives would take care of him, like, literally do his laundry, feed him, so on and so forth. And he would solve their problems for them. Like, he would do their math for them. Sounds like a saint to me. Yeah, anyway. Uh, that church, I kind of feel like they didn't care if I didn't believe in God. But I'd rather not hear a bunch of God stuff. Well, so what do you want to ha- – so you just want to hang around in a room. I guess I just you want, want to there watch to be the, a coffee I want to urn. watch the football game but with people that are really, really nice. <laughs> <laughs> Is there a way you could do that? You need to like join the Elks. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I want. The, I got to find – I want – like an Elks Lodge that isn't focused on making business contacts. <laughs> <laughs> That's just focused around like being cool guys together. I think if the, if I lived in a smaller place, I think an Elks Lodge or other <laughs> fraternal organization would be a better fit because I think if you live in a town of a couple thousand, or well, you know, and you're in the Lions Club, mm-hmm. the Lions Club is just all of the dudes in the town, right. you know, and the right. Lady Lions Club is all of the ladies right. in the town. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Um, and then it's sort of a cross section. Whereas if you live in Los Angeles, the Elks that are at the Elks Club are going to be real Elky. Right. They're like hardcore Elks. Yeah, they're going to be super, super. I don't know how I feel about the phrase hardcore Elks. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm, I'm all for it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. It sounds like you need maybe some a little sort of... elk on moose. <laughs> it's I a like more the good, forest creatures I like the in there. Good works angle. Sure, that's well, yeah. a that's a bonus for the. And I like yeah. you know one bonus for the fraternal organizations. I think it's the Elks have this really cool club underneath Union Square in San Francisco that I'd really like to be a member oh. of. Even as a non-drinker, I'd like to go there and drink or something. Yeah, yeah there's a there's there's a. There's one of those. Uh, there's one of those here in Hollywood, and I shot something there once, and it was the coolest, you know, wooden bar, random collection of sea captain photos on the wall, like a a room dedicated to pictures of like famous college football coaches. <laughs> uh, it's pretty amazing. It's uh, yeah, it's 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 on Highland. I don't know what you have to. I mean, I guess you just have to be. A member, right? You know, my wife went to Sarah Lawrence College, and Sarah Lawrence apparently has a reciprocal relationship. They recently announced mm-hmm. that they have a reciprocal relationship with the Princeton Club, which means that you can join the Princeton Club if you want to, if you are a Sarah Lawrence alum or the a spouse of a Sarah Lawrence mm-hmm. alum. So my wife and I briefly considered joining it. It turns out it's pretty expensive, and the advantages are pretty slim unless you live in New York City. Um, but I would like if the, I would also just belong to a social club if those weren't only for rich assholes. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like you need a kickball team, buddy. <laughs> I 
Get yourself you a know, kickball team. Have you considered scouts? Is there, yeah. I would so. Adult scouts. If there was adult scouts, <laughs> even as a non-outdoorsy person, I would join adult, adult scouts, scouts right now. That's exactly. You need to start adult scouts. You need uh, to. You make things. You're a guy with ideas. You're a guy that goes out and starts stuff. Jesse Thorne's adults yeah. man scouts and then instead Jesse of like Thorne's man scouts instead of like building that looks ma- like we're out looking for that <laughs> <laughs> it does you might need you to have work a, on the you name. have a, one of those flags and you're just <laughs> peering out you might need to work wait on when the you name. say one of those flags do you mean a rainbow flag <laughs> yeah i mean the flag can have anything on it I'm, okay yeah you know one of those like old time scout flags i'm i'm making a hand gesture like i'm holding a long pole and it has like a little orange flag at the end yeah, is that what that is like a scout flag scouts have flags yeah they plant it oh yeah like um like a group of uh asian tourists Sure. Their leader has a little flag that they hold up in the air they, yeah. when they all get off the bus. I think that's what it's for. I guess and it keeps everybody together. I guess I that makes more sense than what I thought was it was for the scouts to like claim something. Yeah. <laughs> in and, the name of the scouts. Yeah, and then they can legally kill any other scouts who try and come near their <laughs> campfire. Claim this river in the name of the scouts. <laughs> yeah, in the name of uh, the Duluth, Minnesota 412 Badgers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's um, what you need. Yeah, you so need yeah, maybe, sort of... maybe it could be like adult – like hipster, all adult hipster scouts where you guys, instead of making boxcars, you can start a new podcast and then <laughs> you could talk about like beard theory. You know what? Hemp cheese. The make more hemp I think about making. this. Make your own mason jar. If we're going to do dude stuff, mm-hmm. I am all for there being some confusion over whether or not it's a gay organization. <laughs> no, sure. Not because – because number one, I'm not – you know, I'm, I'm, all, I'm a married. You know, I don't need to worry about whether people think I'm gay or not. Yeah, number one. You actually should not worry about that anyway, it's, even if you're not married. It's not. A, it's not a. Uh, it's not an issue for me in terms of meeting and talking to ladies. I see. Now there I was, look, there was a time in my life when this was a significant issue. I got you. Um, when I was in arts high school, <laughs> and I was really skinny, <laughs> I and I was you. an actor, <laughs> et cetera, et cetera. I hear you. Um, but that's number one. So I don't. I don't got to worry about that. Number two, I think it would be more fun if. If there like was if, that, if it was like half gay guys that thought it was for like just looking for dudes. But then they would be disappointed like, when like all every, you guys did was uh yeah. you know, swap no, slow cooker recipes. And they'd meet each other. No, that's true. They could meet so each other. So for them it would be like a dating organization. But I yeah. guess for the guys who came to Man Scouts yeah. thinking it was Man Scouts. But they would but that dating would form the cohesion. That would be like the glue in the wood chips that would turn us into particle board. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. Each man a wood chip. That could be our slogan. <laughs> that sort of sounds that sort of sounds uh... All all jizz some glue. <laughs> yeah. That sort of sounds like what you're. That sounds like you're. Uh, you're going in a great direction, Jesse. I think this is going to be a great. And we just meet once a week. And we just work on a project together. Yeah. And and then we do a charity fundraise. Have you thought about just getting a group of friends? <laughs> it sounds like you it's just impossible. need some guys to call Jordan. to come over and hang out. Jordan's like, I'm trying. Why do you? Why? Young children. <laughs> Friendship, achieving friendship is impossible. I need a structured social. Sure, you need a a fraternity. Yeah, living in a fraternity Ca- house, calling someone that you like you know and what? asking I'm them to call do my something. Vince Vaughn. Yeah, <laughs> and Will Ferrell. Uh-huh. <laughs> and see what they have to say about this. I guess that is like ultimately, ultimately, what it's about is when when you have small children mm-hmm. one day you'll learn this and you don't have any children right linda correct okay 
Well, one day maybe both of you will learn this. It, it's so cons- all-consuming that you're barely able to do any friendship activity at all, even with friends you may have already had. Um, like so all-consuming. And especially in a place like here in L.A. where I feel like a lot of people I know don't have children. So you can't even like try and do double-header <clears throat> parent date type things. Right. Um, it's very tough to figure out any kind of social time of, of any stress. So you think it would be simpler if it was at a lodge and there was dues? Well, I just think, yes. <laughs> and a newsletter. Yeah, well, I mean, I think that's why everybody goes to church on Sunday. It's so you can tell, talk about your neighbors, right? Yeah. It puts some and structure. And also yeah. God and, sure. uh, you know, faith and Structure around morality. community socializing. Yeah. Yeah. It's like what Maria was talking about, putting that bench out in front of her house. Yeah, why do you sure. think Maria put that bench out for the meth heads? <laughs> it's because... Yeah. It's because she's trying to foster some community, Jordan. <laughs> Who isn't? I don't want it to be kickball, though. Kickball's pretty – kickball's, uh, you know, kickball's I think virtuous. that's, that's – yeah, that's the kind of the thing I think about kickball sometimes is that like, oh, it's become such a symbol of like, you know, arrested development, goofy, right, urban white people – but I bet it's pretty fucking fun. Like I bet like they – I bet they have a blast at kickball games. You go to the bar afterwards. Yeah. Anyway. You could just play softball though. You need some sure. kind of a team, man. That's what it is. Yeah. You need some kind of a team. I think the curve is different. I mean I think as someone who has managed a softball team that was uh, just had unsuccessful. Issues. Yeah. I think you just think about if that was with a giant round red ball. Yeah. And yeah, it was okay to possible. drink during it. Team or quilting bee. Oh yeah, yeah, quilting. Bee. This is why the ladies on the this is why the pioneer ladies made quilts. Yeah, so they could get together, they could do something productive, they could be with their friends, and they could tell everyone we're making quilts, and it and it's and it's it has a purpose, and we all have a joint and common purpose. We're not just sitting around. They yapping. all share a joint. The pioneer ladies. <laughs> we have a joint puff, purpose. Puff, puff, pass, stitch. Puff, puff, pass, stitch. A joint, stitch. Pur- a joint purpose, Jesse. A joint purpose, and 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 that's to what you puff need. Puff the gun. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Get super blazed. You need you need a you need a purpose with your you need friends, uh, but a, but a purpose. And this is why I come back around to, to some sort of adult scouting. Just whenever anyone has a baby, they just get presented with a beautiful quilt, and on it is just a pot leaf and four twenty friends. <laughs> <laughs> May your baby not grow up to be a narc. <laughs> we'll be back in just a second on Jordan <clears throat> Essie Go. Bikini season. Volleyball time. Hot dogs and hamburgers. Get ready to the Olympic dive. Fourth of July. Are you ready for rollerblading r- r- rain time? That's right. It's Aaron and Brian from Throwing Shade. If you didn't know from that very clear intro. We, we take a look at issues involving ladies and gays and we treat them with much less respect than they deserve. So watch out, punks. So, hey, download us and take us to the beach while you're doing your summertime fun. La, 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 It's Jordan, Jesse, go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Linda Holmes, Quaker Avenger. Hey, I want to mention one thing before we get any deeper into the program. That is this. We are revamping all of our merchandise lineup at MaximumFun.org. That's great. Everything. I'm talking about T-shirts, mugs. 
tote bags, possibly magnetic poetry. Oh, oh um, awesome! All, ki- all kinds of cool stuff. But glow in the dark stars from my ceiling. Potentially, but I don't see how that would tie into. I guess if we made the rock. I'm just thing. like, yeah, something you could get in the same place that you would get magnetic poetry. Oh, okay. Something from the same zone of oh, product. Excellent. excellent. Uh, Spencer's gifts. Spencer's items. gifts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, we have uh, pasta shaped like the penis of all of the hosts. <laughs> and some vaginas. <laughs> we're looking for. Uh, we're looking for ideas for Jordan Jesse Go shirts mm-hmm. uh, and. Mugs or whatever sure. merchandise. Of what do you, any what kind. do you want? We want to put together a couple of things. So yeah. if you're out there and you're a designer, um, uh, you know, send us uh, send us your ideas. Lindsay at maximumfun.org is the email address to send it to. L i n d s a y at maximumfun.org. Um, uh, it's a paid job. Uh, doesn't mm. pay that great. Mm. Not going to lie to you. Well, if, if it's very, very successful, you get paid because we pay you by how many we sell. But, you know, it's a few hundred dollars job if, if we uh, go with one of your designs. Um, and, you know, we're just – obviously, we're, we're looking for people who are really into Jordan Jesse Go and want to do it for a fun thing they want to do it for because we don't really make any money off of the merchandise <laughs> either. <laughs> um, we just do it so that we have stuff for people who want stuff. Um, so, yeah, if you've got an idea – um, you know, whether you want to send Lindsay a design or you want to send her uh, an idea or you want to, you know, whatever, uh, email Lindsay. She's your gal. Um, I'm, I'm pretty stoked about it. We already, we've already got a lot of cool – we've already reached out to some designers that we know who've made some really cool stuff for some shows. And uh, also, like, one related thing. I asked what kind of Max Fun merchandise would you like to see? And a lot of people told me a full short T-shirt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have a full short T-shirt. Yeah, <laughs> go, to, go to Max. I think we made it com. while we were recording the episode. Didn't I, Brian make Brian it while we were recording made the episode? It while we were recording the full short episode, so go to MaxFunStore.com right now and buy yourself a full short t- uh, T-shirt or just a Jordan Jesse Go T-shirt. Sure, tons of fun tees. Yeah, MaxFunStore.com. Anyway, I want to talk to I, I want to talk to Linda Holmes because Linda Holmes is in Los Angeles at the TCAs, mm-hmm. which is the Television. Television Critics Association. And this is where uh, you and other entertainment journalists are fetid. Uh, F-E-T-I-D. <laughs> no. Are celebrated. It's pronounced farted. <laughs> Parties are thrown in your honor yeah. by all well, of the major television networks and programs. That is not the – that's not the primary purpose. But uh, The primary purpose is to entertain like what? Claudia Schiffer. Well, no. The primary purpose of, of TCA is a uh, a very long series Cindy of Crawford, press conferences. Crawford, other supermodels, um, <laughs> Naomi Campbell. No, we all sit in uh, we all sit in one giant room, and they bring up uh, on stage the you know cast and creators of show after show after show after show after show, and we ask them questions. It's like a big press conference, and you go to like over the course of two weeks, a little over two weeks, you go to maybe a hundred. Of these Two press weeks? conferences, yeah, Holy of these crap. press conferences, and they present the show, and the you know you ask them about, you know, people ask about all kinds of stuff. They ask about the creative process. Sometimes they're the really, sometimes they're the questions about like where did you get your idea, or are you like your character, ones like that. <laughs> um, the ones that I really, by the way, my pet peeve question wise is when there's a panel with like twelve actors, and someone says, "Can each of you say?" 
you know, whether you're like your character <laughs> and everyone uh-huh. in the room just kind of wilts because you really don't want to. You know, it's so it's strange. They go, uh, they go look down and start reading a Bible. <laughs> <laughs> it's strange uh, because, yeah, those those questions are so silly. But in that kind of big group setting, what makes a good question? I guess I guess I. I would roll my eyes too. At, are you like your character? But I guess I wouldn't know what to ask instead. Yeah, I mean, it really depends. Uh, it really depends on the show, and and a lot of times, what makes a good question is a good answer. And you can't really tell. There are certain ones that I consider to be silly questions, but sure. a lot of the time, you know, you ask a question. It's an intelligent question. Whoever asks it, but you know, the an- there's not much to the answer. Mm-hmm. Um, but then other times, it depends on who the person is. Like, um, and there are certain people who appear at tour, at press tour year after year after year, who, you know, have a good reputation for giving good answers. There's a guy, John Landgraf, who runs FX, who's like their big content guy. He is like an interesting dude. Every He's... time I hear him get interviewed, like, you know, you think of you know, guy who runs a network is kind of like scummy and, he's a you know, really, maybe not that intelligent. He's but an he's interesting like, guy. I he's mean, a totally have, interesting guy. You have to watch out because, you know, as I think he also has a way of sort of charming the room. Sure. And then it's kind of everybody just is like, he's so smart and he's so great. And, um, you know, you you want to stay a little bit <laughs> outside of that. I think I will watch The Strain. <laughs> but he is uh, always an interesting guy to listen to, whether or not you you sort of buy every answer that sure. he's giving. He's always an interesting guy to talk to. If you're me, you're buying all the Archer-related answers. <laughs> of course. Emmy-nominated. Uh, mm-hmm. Archer. And, uh, you know, but but then there are, there are situations where people come in and, you know, maybe they – it just really depends on the person. Some people are much more candid than others. Like we had Who's a, pan- a disaster? <laughs> Let's get serious, Linda. <laughs> Let's name some names. Who had a nip slip? What was yeah. a disastrous answer that you heard? Okay. Well, I'm, I have not really heard any disastrous answers at this tour yet. Right. But the most the, the most difficult answer that I recall hearing about, and it happened at a tour that I didn't happen to be at because they, they also hold them in the winter and I don't usually come in the winter. Because who wants to come to L.A. in the winter? Right. You want to stick around Washington, D.C. <laughs> but uh, when – uh, there was a panel. You don't like you don't like weather that's pleasant. You like pornographically hot. <laughs> you have, exactly. You have a side business as a sidewalk scraper. So. <laughs> there was a um, there was a panel that Oprah Winfrey did where uh-huh. she was oh. taking questions and for about she, own she, probably yeah and she was asked a question about like her dreams as a young person. Mm-hmm. This is kind of a legendary story now. She was asked a question. And her answer was 18 and a half minutes long. <laughs> wow. Which when you have a bunch of people who want to ask questions at a press conference and they're all on Twitter because everybody is sitting in the room with their laptop open on Twitter. which is I've been following is, you on Twitter. It's which, been a lot of fun. I which, kind of said to myself, maybe I should mute Linda Holmes while she's at TCA, but I'm really enjoying it. You're I doing a great job and you're not being annoying. Thank I you. encourage people to mute some of the time, all of the time, you know. It, it definitely is isn't a larger the, isn't volume. Isn't the mute button lovely? It's isn't it just delightful. the best thing that Twitter has done? I, it's the best I'm thing. so pro mute. Especially anyway. for something like this, because when all the critics, if you're interested in television, and you follow a bunch of critics, and they all go to this event, mm-hmm. and they're all tweeting about the same panels. Very often, they're interested in the same quotes. It's like it's like if everyone you know goes to South by Southwest or Comic Con. 
Sure. And all of a sudden, they're all the same. Th- it's like if everyone you knew who went to Comic-Con was at the same thing at Comic-Con every time because we're all at the same thing. Yeah. Another good use of the mute button I found is if someone's rude to you and you never want to hear anything they say for the rest of your life. <laughs> right. I use the, I use it for that, too. Yeah. I use it for Forever that and ever. But, uh, so yeah, I mean, Oprah's why Oprah's... not block for that, though? Because then they they know that and then they get to complain about they can, they, okay yeah they go, oh, he you blocked prefer, me they feel like they I won, used to I block guess, for that too. like if yeah. yeah if people were rude to me I would just block them without doing anything mm-hmm. but then people would be like oh Jesse blocked me just because I said something critical or blah 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 <laughs> like look like I don't need to hear I don't I don't care to hear about it you know what I mean so this mute button this you, is the do you enjoy the satisfaction of knowing that they don't know and they're hollering down a well? No. Because I, I do a little bit. <laughs> but they, I guess if you mute someone, you can still see what they do at you. No, you, no, you can't. You can't. Oh, int- no, huh, really? And that's what I like It's about like they're it. muted. Huh. That's but you can't I, even see them doing at you. I feel like I've muted yeah. some people, but I've seen them at me. Shouldn't be. Interesting. Shouldn't Maybe be. I'm doing that's, it wrong. That's what, I, that's what I like about it. I was wrong about Dwayne The Rock Johnson. I'm wrong about mute. Yeah. They don't know. We're going to have to bring back Jordan was wrong next week. Oh, God. Please, let's not do it. <laughs> that was the, A lot of people uh, are going to be tweeting at you Jesus about Christ. what you were wrong about. Yeah. That uh, – I was uh, – of all the mistakes I've made, it's going along with the Jordan was wrong segment because then I feel like that started. That sounds terrible. It was years, bad. years of email correspondence. Years of me having to say to preface everything was I know, maybe this is wrong. Don't email me. Uh-huh. We had a. We used to be like people enjoyed a fun game was to spot you know when I was wrong about comics or movies or what. Do Dwayne Johnson en- was calling himself. Do people not enjoy spotting when Jesse is wrong? Because my experience is people enjoy spotting when anyone is wrong. I think the fact – I think so. I think you're right. I think – and I'm but sure you've got a gotten, name as a It got goof. a name, yeah. Oh. And then, uh, and then yeah, yeah. You don't people were jerks it. about it. Yeah. 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 Mm. So anyway. Yes. So Oprah went, went on for 18 and a half. Oprah, that's, a, that's a healthy response. This is, what, healthy this is response. what you want to do in your Oprah. Someone's like, yeah, Oprah, what were your dreams as a child? Uh, flight and invisibility next. <laughs> well, Let's the, come on. Keep it going. What do you get out of this, though, Linda? Well, for me personally, it is a time when you, you, hear, about a, when you hear about a lot of shows all close together. It is uh, – you get a much better sense of kind of what the – sort of what direction they're going. Like the year that we came and all the panels were about different shows about like, what does it mean to be a man? Like the the year they were doing like male insecurity <laughs> stuff. And you like in you saw, like in sitcoms, like, yeah, sure. And if you saw each like one, one guy's fancy and one guy's a slob, like two years ago, right? Yeah. yeah. And if you saw each one individually, it wouldn't stand out as much, and you wouldn't necessarily get a chance to ask them all about it at the same time. Sure. For somebody like me, who mostly is a critic and doesn't do tons of interviewing, it's also an opportunity to like I ask questions at these press conferences, so I get a chance to ask questions of like. You know, executives from networks and people who run shows. And I asked Vince Gilligan a question yesterday about doing the Breaking Bad thing with Bob Odenkirk. And like normally I don't – I mean I'm not – I don't focus enough on interviewing to do a ton of it. So for me, it's a great opportunity to be able to ask a ton of people a couple – you know, a question or two um, within a, you know, a, a very concentrated period of time. Plus I'm imagining sh- there's shrimp, right? <laughs> Are there shrimp? There Sometimes. Sometimes yeah. there's shrimp. I mean, they're, they is there do... a green salad with a balsamic? <laughs> there's they there there's there's parties. Finger quiches. I mean, they're, they're, sliders. I, there's there have probably been sliders. some sliders. There've been sliders. They they brought us for the return of Jerry O'Connell sliders. <laughs> <laughs> no, but the other day, for example, we were doing the the press conference about um, this 
um, like six-part documentary for the National Geographic Channel. It's called Eat the Story of Food. And they kept bringing out – like they brought out little things to us for each Oh, part of it. that's like they, fun. So they brought out like a little – some kind of little vegeta- – I think it was some kind of little like vegetarian patty slider thing. But they also brought us like a, a um, some sort of little empanada and it's so weird. The whole thing is so weird. I wrote about this on the blog the other day that they just get – like they give you all this promotional sh- crap and like just – you just – and you're sort of most of which you throw away because, like, yeah, I'm going to take could... home a plastic spatula that's branded to the Nat Geo or whatever. <laughs> like you're going to put it in your luggage and carry it on an airplane <laughs> well, and to I, get it to and your house. use it to make a frittata later. I think the first time that I came to tour, I I kind of you have that feeling of like, oh, it's it's a T-shirt. I should take that. That's a perfectly good T-shirt. And then the next time you move, you say, why do I have? 86 thumb drives and, you know, all kinds of T-shirts and junk and hats. And why do I have a Tonight Show with Jay Leno hat? I hate the Tonight Show with Jay Leno. (laughs) And yet I have a hat. And, you know, so you do get much more, I think, discerning as you go along. Can I uh, – just a word about Nat Geo miniseries. I was watching – before I I left for here, I was watching a little bit of – uh, the 90s, the last great decade on mm-hmm. Nat Geo. <laughs> and there – a weird part is they were talking a lot about music, but they didn't seem to have the money to license a lot of music. So like that when happens they were, a lot. So when they were talking about like Nirvana, they just had the goofiest wow-wow-wow-wow-wow-wow-wow-wow-wow-wow. Just like the, you know, the most you know, awful, neutered, elevator music version of – that yeah, uh, and I'm not like I don't like Nirvana. I don't want to listen to Nirvana, but I'm like this seems disrespectful. Yeah. Can I say um, I want to say one thing about sure. our friends at the National uh, Geographic Channel? Mm-hmm. Um, look, we all appreciate the National Geographic Channel. They're the channel that brought us MS13, the world's most dangerous gang. Sure, probably the most legendary documentary in the history mm-hmm. of entertainment and information, mm-hmm. if I may, infotainment. If you may, um, our friend David Reese has a show upcoming. Yeah, they've been running running a lot of commercials for it. On Nat Geo called uh, Going Deep mm-hmm. with David Reese. I've watched some clips for it on the internet. I've seen a couple of them. Um, if you don't know David, uh, David did the uh, the cartoon strip Get Your War On. That was a very big mm-hmm. deal about uh, 10-ish years ago now. Um, and then more recently has been an artisanal pencil sharpener. Um, he's he hand sharpens pencils, teaches courses on sharpening pencils. He sharpens pencils for a fee. I think it costs like ten or fifteen dollars. You mail him a pencil, he sharpens it, he mails it back to you. Um, he's a, it's an amazing. He's an amazing guy. I having watched the promos, one of which he was digging what he called a party hole, indeed, <laughs> which was just a hole that was deep enough so that only his head was sticking I've seen out. That episode. And uh, he didn't want – which he thinks is a party because he says he's uncomfortable around people. So that's all the party that he would want. It almost seems like he's he's somehow – it's like he's got something on the president or the owner of the Nat Geo channel. It doesn't seem like it could possibly be a real television show is what I'm saying. <laughs> and, and I don't know. I think I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to go ahead and uh call BS on the he's uncomfortable around people. I've been to Max Fun Con East with David Reese. Reese likes to party. Reese likes to party. That is this is he's 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 playing a character. 
I don't think he, he might have been playing a character when he was rocking the party, though. Uh, if if he was, I, think, I heard about that party. I heard that it was it was amazing. It was it's, absolutely it's, amazing. I had this conversation with him because uh, I saw him at there was like a Nat Geo party the night before they did their presentations, and I had watched several of the episodes. And was it anthropology themed? <laughs> no. Um, it was actually – it was. it's always animal-themed. Like there's always like cute animals. They had a big gigantic snake that you could get your picture taken with. Sounds adorable. It's like that. Sounds really um, cute. And I was – I, I was uh, – I've been telling people this story because it's so weird. But David and I lived down the hall from each other in college. Oh. Uh, we didn't We didn't really know each other. We knew some people in common. So – You went uh, to a few foam parties together. <laughs> <laughs> so when I saw – so I've kind of been – I've seen him pop up in all these different things, the pencil sharpening thing and all that stuff. And I, I knew what he was doing. So when I saw the show come on, I was like, well, that'll be interesting to see what that's like. Because my sense of it was, how can you have – my sense of it was, I don't want to watch a TV show that's him at this kind of ironic distance all the time like he is in the in some of the other stuff. Because I felt like that's not going to be my thing because I'm going to feel like you're making fun of me for watching your show. So I watched the episodes and they're actually super charming because you it 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 kind of breaks down and you get these moments where he's just legitimately he just thinks things are super cool and fun. Well, I my impression is that David in the process of becoming an artisanal pencil sharpener. Like I think what happened is this is all projection for me onto mm-hmm. David Reese. I think what happened is he thought wouldn't it be funny if I was an artisanal pr- pencil sharpener? <laughs> Then he started, like, to do the bit, he had to artisanal pencil sharpen. And then by the time he had done that for, like, two years or however long he was an artisanal pencil sharpener full time, like, at one like, by the end of it, he was literally a professional artisanal pencil sharpener. Yeah. He was earning his living sharpening pencils. He, uh, he had come to, like, sincerely love and appreciate all of the elements of it and the idea of doing something very deeply and uh, in a you know in an artisanal way for the lack right. of a better term. So so at the and, and we sort of had this conversation because at this party um, the publicist actually brought him up to me like oh I want you to meet David Reese he has this new show and I said well you know David and I lived in the same dorm at Oberlin and David sort of goes what and then he said and then all of a sudden he kind of goes were you friends with and he starts naming some of my friends from college and I was like yep that was that was me and so we sort of put this together and we're chatting and I told him sort of the same thing I told him you know that I had been curious about what the tone of the show was going to be because I did not feel like you could hold people uh, at quite as much of a distance on a TV show as you can in a book and he basically said it's really I said my concern was as I said to you that it was going to feel like you're making fun of me for watching the show a little bit. And he said, I really don't want it to be like that. And I'm really concerned that it's going to feel like that. So I really hope it doesn't feel like that. When you start watching the show, there are these little moments that are clearly totally genuine where like some person shows – like some expert. They go talk to like experts in making ice and stuff like that. And Dr. Shoelace, who's an expert on tying your shoe. I saw one with a throw to a guy and he says, you know, Dr. Paul Gibbletown – uh, is a soil biologist. He knows more than 50 facts about dirt. <laughs> <laughs> but he gets into these conversations with these people, and then he gets super excited. And it's not it, – it didn't feel the way that I was afraid it might feel, a little bit like arch and weird. 
Um, it's it actually was very charming, and uh, and we compared shoelaces because there's one about how to tie your shoes, and I told him that I had watched how to tie your shoes. And then we compared shoelaces, and mine was still terrible, and his was still awesome. It what was, do you got a granny knot going on? Well, no, it's that if you if you tie your shoes like David, you got to get David to show you his shoes sometime. They're in these incredibly balanced, perfectly perpendicular to the shoe. They're supposed to be perpendicular to the shoe, not parallel to the shoe. Yeah, right? that's the, if it's if it's wait. The, the knot yeah, is yeah perpendicular to the length of the foot. Right, exactly. Yeah, because otherwise it's a granny knot. And so. Whatever. I made my own popular how to tie your shoes video, ma'am. <laughs> I'm just I feel like you. we're just applauding a sunset now, aren't we? <laughs> aren't we just applauding a sunset? I, I, I give. I'm just saying. It's Spoken a, like somebody whose shoes come untied all the time. It's, 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 it's you a know charming what? show. I do, I do need to tie my shoes more often than most. So I'm, very, I'm like very happy to hear that. I, I, I enjoyed it quite I a bit. I like that, David Reese. I enjoyed it quite a bit. Oh, I'll just – can I finish my Nat Geo – Anecdote yeah. really no. quick. I know no one. Yes. Ca- I know no one cares except for the guy who's yelling. What? Finish your stories to the <laughs> podcast right now. They could not. They did not use much music from this. The one song that I noticed that they bought was "Closing Time" uh, from. Semisonic, semisonic fastball. So they put their money. Semisonic. semisonic, and they played it. A over... guy from my Episcopal church was in semisonic. <laughs> a, uh, so they played that over <laughs> over um, footage of. Oh gosh, I'm going to get the African country wrong. Bosnia? That's not, <laughs> that's not a country in Africa. <laughs> Where's Bosnia? That's the Middle uh, East. That's, that's in the former. That's uh, in Eastern Europe. Yeah. Oh, okay. Gosh, where? Gosh, where was this? It was some sort of thing where Somalia? workers. Somalia. There you go. Uh, so they they bought Semisonic and uh, used it over tragic footage from Somalia. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, 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 yeah. Good choice, guys. Good yeah. call. Maybe well, they, they put their money where they could do them the most good. Like we really need this to have an impact. This was an awful. It's like when a bar closes. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you can't buy booze anymore. Hey, or finish it's... your whiskey and your beer, guys. Yeah, we're getting out of Somalia. Anyway, we'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Linda Holmes, Quaker Avenger. Ah, it's a beautiful day it's to be recording degrees. Jordan, Jesse Go. It's mm. a beautiful day to have Linda Holmes on our program from the great pop culture Happy Hour program. <laughs> I say, I say, have some fun. Pronounce that last H. It's hmm. not the most. I have been known to say that if we had to do it all over again. We might give it a more like Googleable title or something like that. Something in, something nifty like like bullseye. That's or, completely you know, ungoogleable. See, that's the problem. I don't know. <laughs> if you Google bullseye, you get a British game show from the nineteen seventies <laughs> that was darts themed. There's questions about darts. It, about no, darts champions. They played darts on the game show. Oh, that's fun. I mean, fun. I would give it some kind of I don't know, but then that would that puts you into a you know month long naming conversation because. Naming things is the hardest thing oh, ever. Oh, it's the worst. The I world. think pop culture happy hour is fine. I think all you want, all, all you needed to have there was NPR and pop culture, and you're covered. Hmm. And happy hour. Happy hour I, uh, I, give up, I give up naming things pretty fast. Uh, naming things. Uh, you'll, you could probably notice the things that I've conceived on At Midnight because the name is just what you're about to see. <laughs> uh, they like punny names on that show, and I don't know why anyone stops me, but it'll just be like uh, our next game – Weird dancing videos. Like, that'll just be what it's called. Uh, it'll just be – so, 
Yeah, I definitely give up really quick when it comes to thinking of a punny title for yeah. something. I'm just I hate I think it's definitely the things. the part of that job that I am failing the worst at is coming up with names. I would say The Sound of Young America was a bad name for roughly the last 5 years that that was the mm-hmm. name of The Sound of Young America. Um, and uh, I just couldn't come up with anything. Actually, Roman Mars from 99% Invisible named it Bullseye. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I basically just gave it over to him. Yeah. I was like, I don't, I don't fucking know, Roman. Just, <laughs> do you have any ideas? And he said, Bullseye. Yeah, he said Bullseye, which is a nice enough name, but it doesn't, it, well, you know, what you It want. was better than his first idea, Roman Mars's huge dick. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I said, Roman, your dick's not even that huge. It's like medium size. <laughs> And he said, but girth, not Girthing, length. Yeah, sure. <laughs> and then, then you get into a whole semantics we debate. We got into this whole thing, this whole back and forth. But, you know, in the end, we, we got something we could both live with. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, when something momentous happens to you out there in our audience, we ask you to call us and share it with us for our segment, Momentous Occasions. Our telephone number, 206-984-4FUN, 206 984 for F-U-N. Jennifer, why don't you roll out our first call this week? Uh, hi, Jordan, Jesse, and guest. Uh, this is Jim. I'm calling from Worcester with a momentous occasion. Uh, about a month ago, I was driving uh, about 2 a.m. in a deserted, uh, desolate part of uh, rural Connecticut, right near where Connecticut meets Rhode Island and Massachusetts. And I'm driving on a back road. There's heavy fog, uh, miles from anywhere and uh, out of nowhere all of a sudden a deer comes storming out of the woods he slams the animal slams into the side of my car tumble catapults over the car and lands on the road and i I slam on the brakes i get out and i'm standing there looking at the deer it's lying there on the road it's from what i can tell it has a broken neck i'm miles from anywhere i don't know what to do and suddenly like like 60 seconds later out of nowhere this tiny toyota tercel drives up and pulls up to me and the door opens, and this guy gets out, and he looks at me, and he says, I got this. And then he reaches back into the car, and he comes out with a tire iron, and then he walks over, and wham, he, he finishes Jeez. off the deer. Wow. And then he hefts the deer up onto the roof of this little tercel, ties it down with bungee cords. He looks at me again, and he says, don't report this. And then he gets back into the car and drives off. And this all happens within, like, about three minutes' time. And I'm left standing there in the fog, and I'm thinking, this just happened. Uh, but there's a big dent in the side of my car, so I guess it did. Okay. Bye. See, that's momentous. Did we just hear a deleted scene from The Leftovers? That was... <laughs> I was going to say, so if, that was if your insane pet, and creepy. If your pet deer never came home... <laughs> yeah, right? It got beat to Some death. With, it got hit by a car, news. bashed with a tire iron. If I had been taking notes on that call, my mm-hmm. first note would have been, person from Worcester sounds like an old man no matter what. Mm-hmm. Sure. <laughs> like, it's complete. The age of a person from Worcester, Mass... Yeah, Dan Wally, who makes Dan Wally, who makes the music for uh, uh, for Bullseye, uh, Dan's from Worcester. And if I got Dan on the phone, I, there'd be no way for me to guess yeah. whether he was eighty five years old or fourteen years. I think old. it's it's an accent they call bait shop employee. <laughs> <laughs> Technically, Dunkin' Donuts. Dunkin' employee. Donuts employee. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, wow. Yeah. Uh, I, like that, I like that that deer killer has a catchphrase. I've got this. <laughs> He's like really doing a good job branding himself, if you, you want know? A, uh, if, you want a, if you want a t-shirt idea, it could just be, I've got this, with a picture of a guy killing, murdering a deer. <laughs> well, that, well, then that, de- that murdering the deer, deer murderer the is going to sue gonna us. Die. The deer is gone. I think it would have been fine. Sorry, They're no. resilient creatures. Beautiful. Yeah. Mercy killing. This no, it was a number one, it's a mercy killing. Number two, this guy's strapping it to his car because he's gonna take it and eat it. I think it's a this guy's doing it's a circle of life. Yeah. Circle of life type shit. Do you think that the guy just loves venison so much that he is too quick to kill deers? Mm. Like Oh, that one looks cranky. I'm gonna take care of this. <laughs> like it's a deer if a deer Runny is looking nose, gassy. Whack. Yeah. Well, the question I suppose deer seems is upset. Whether just whether he's just driving around looking for deer that have just been hit by cars, yeah. or whether he just in his Tercel, yeah, in his '94 Tercel. Me and my Tercel just go Man, around. I'll tell you what. You know, there's there's like these. Sometimes things happen to you. Uh, when you're a kid and you don't realize their significance until you're older. <laughs> and especially like if you grow up and your family doesn't have a lot of money and then you don't you like stuff happens and you realize later that that was a sign that you, you didn't your family didn't have a lot of money. Like when uh, one of my friends from middle school gave me a <laughs> used Atari Lynx for my birthday <laughs> once. Um, this is after the Atari Lynx was a desirable <laughs> the, the brief window. But uh, another thing that happened to me in middle school was um, uh, I carpooled with this girl to school, and my parents didn't have a car. So that's sign one. That's sign one when you're in a carpool and your parents don't have a car. But the sign two was uh, this girl's mom uh, bought uh, – her, her car got totaled in an accident, and she bought a new Tercel, like a, an aquamarine Tercel. And I thought this was the single most unbelievably luxurious thing (laughs) in the history of the world. To be able to be in a brand new entry-level Toyota, (laughs) like just to ride in the backseat of that Tercel with its its Marlins logo colored exterior. And and clean ashtrays. (laughs) Yeah. And to... Two convenient radio doors hair. that open radio and close. With, radio with presets. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Like, I look back yeah. on it like, that, were, that's probably, <laughs> that was probably a, an $8,900 car. <laughs> but it was a new one. Your recall for your childhood is insane. It's it is? insane. I, I have been marveling at it lately. I feel like there's it's, only it's, like so, it's so it's that I frequent remember. and it's so vivid. There's no narr- I have no narratives in from my childhood though. Yeah. My, all of my childhood is anecdotal. Yeah, I feel like if you go back ten episodes, you have a weird, super detailed childhood anecdote in all of our shows. Man, I'll tell you. I'll tell you a secondary anecdote from that first anecdote. <laughs> so that that Tercel had it was difficult for me to get in and out of the back doors. At the time, my dad had a car that he had inherited. It was a, a, 70, a 77 Chevy Nova that was metallic brown and had tan plastic seats and was broken down most of the time. It was a horrible, horrible car. So that's why this was such a luxurious car to me. But the advantage that the Nova had was it was monstrous. Whereas this like 90 – when was this? This would have been 93. This 93 Tercel was, uh, was – small and two-doored. So I had a hard time getting in and out of the back seat. And one time, 
my carpool mate's grandmother was coming along with her mother who was driving us to school or to the bus stop, actually. And uh, I got stuck on my way into the door. Uh, and I sort of fell a little bit and I managed to squeeze around. And any tall person knows that getting into the backseat of a two-door car is really hard. And I finally made it into the seat, you know, with a kind of a kerklunk and, you know, put back the thing. And, uh, and, and the girl, Java's grandmother, turned to her mother and said, that Jesse, he's got two left feet. And then Java, being cruel and heartless, went to school and told everyone this story. And so for like two weeks, just grandmas were coming up to me everywhere at school. Mm. That Jesse, he's got two left feet. <laughs> of all the things to be called or teased about at your childhood, that's the most folksy and adorable. <laughs> it's like, what a 23 skidoo. From an he's, elderly... a, he's a real pepper pot. From a tiny Holocaust survivor. <laughs> that Jesse, he's a sweet as fondant. I, f- I feel like you just need a separate podcast for these. Like this needs to be an I Seem Fun or Mike Schmidt style podcast called like San Francisco Remembrances where you just monologue. And everyone starts out with I grew up in San Francisco and then this a long story about – Something that happens. There's always a Tercel in it. I'll tell you what, Jordan. I mean, I had an interesting life up until the point where I started working uh, 100 Mm -hmm. hours a week (laughs) on public radio, which honestly is a pretty boring thing. I I feel like the one thing I remember from childhood is that the first movie I got to see by myself was Honey, I Blew Up the Kid. (laughs) That's about (laughs) as detailed as I could go about my childhood. But I'm just saying, slip, maybe slip under the covers, get a, get a hot mug of something, and just reminisce. I think people would listen to it. I got to see Honey, I Shrunk the Kids with a group of people from the Boys Club, the Columbia Park Boys Club. I maybe, I maybe wasn't tipping you off to start another story. That was not the purpose of that. I was maybe saying there's a, maybe a better place. I don't know. Can we segment these? Another story about uh, Jesse's fraternal organization. I think yeah. we got one more call, right, Jen? Hey, guys. This is Scott from Oregon. This is kind of a combined moment of occasion slash moment of shame. I was walking down the street to the library with my three-year-old son, and we see a uh, Muslim couple uh, coming towards us. The woman was wearing the niqab, where you're covered from head to foot and only the eyes are showing. Um, He's three. He asked very loudly, uh, what's that? And, you know, I within earshot of them, and I tried to explain, you know, oh, it's just something that people wear, but he wasn't having any of that and loudly proclaimed, no, that's Darth Vader. Hi, Darth Vader. And trying to engage them in conversation, and he, he was very excited to have met Darth Vader and wanted to talk with Darth Vader, and all I could do was uh, just stare into both their eyes and Hopefully they understood that I am an, I am a good liberal parent and my son is just a very big Star Wars fan. <laughs> <laughs> he knows what it's called. He could have said in front of them, like the part that, the part that's troubling to me sure. about this is the part where he he lets them roast in it. Yeah. Right? Like and that's a teaching moment. He well he tries to be fair, he does sure. try and teach the kid. Right away, mm-hmm. when they're like distant, when they're you know halfway a half a block apart right. or whatever it is, <laughs> but when they when the kid like runs up or whatever it is, mm-hmm. that's when you want to demonstrate to the people 
that you're cool with that. Yeah. Vocally, directly. Sure. And I, I guess, I guess what I, what I always wonder when I hear a kid say something that's either like too old or so specific is like the parents taught him this. Like he's just parroting something that the parents heard. So I feel like I, my first thing would be like, I am really sorry. Darth Vader is not my racist name <laughs> for people who are Middle Eastern. Yeah, that's a, that's a tough one. Yeah. That's a tough one. It's upsetting. It would be fun if you met Darth Vader, though. <laughs> so you can see the uh, So he could for force choke you? I don't see why the kid is excited to meet one of filmdom's most terrifying villains. I don't think Darth well, Vader met him and just... Lived. I don't think Darth Vader would force choke you in a social context. Yeah, he would. Just walking down the street, you think he'd force choke you? Oh, totally. I don't think he's sing- so. He's single-minded. When has Darth Vader he's... been fun or show tact? I don't think you've ever seen him in a social situation. Yeah, you don't get to no, see that you know, side of him in the Star Wars movies. That's Probably true. when Ryan Johnson writes his Star Wars movie, <laughs> you'll get to see the social side yeah. of Darth Vader. Darth Vader's a... hanging out at a, like a you know, like a red like a red checkered tablecloth Italian restaurant. Right. Having linguine. Right. You know? Exactly. And it puts it, I don't know nice where the hole is. A nice clams casino. I don't know how he, put it, how he gets it in that helmet. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think, I, think what, I think if the... It has to be linguine. You've got to suck it through the... If I they figure, super I figure heat like, it to a gas. Okay, and then he inhales it? Yeah. <laughs> I assumed that it might just it might just click open like, like a top and bottom separate. Mm-hmm. But, there, but with like a little tab, like a little metal tab sticks out and we just never noticed it. <laughs> You know, like opening and closing, like a tin toy from yeah. the 1950s. Right, right. But you've just, just never. I just don't think. I don't think you've ever had a chance to see him. He's got to have a. He's got to have a social side. Yeah. I mean, everybody does. He can't be thinking about war all the time. What would he do? I, if he it seems was like peacetime? a man consumed to me. Well, but but what would he do at peacetime? He's like, certainly a true. man who who's not afraid to consume some linguine. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> In the form of a gas. Yeah. You know, know, funny story about Linguini. I grew up in San Francisco. What was the <laughs> what was the temperature out the first time you saw Star Wars? <laughs> oh boy. Do, do you really not remember things from your childhood? Not as not as vividly and as often as you do. Oh. Yeah, it seems like everything triggers a childhood memory with you. I guess that I has a long a, has a very long story I attached had an to it. Emotionally yeah. impactful childhood. Yeah, it I sounds guess. like it. Well, Sorry for ruining the podcast. No, no, I'm not, it's not a bad thing. It's just it's uh, – I'm not, I'm not saying I don't want you to remember childhood. I'm just saying it's kind of amazing. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Did you ever meet Darth It's Vader? a little hard to contribute to. <laughs> I guess I could just say – You could ask me – you could ask a question. That's true. I ask a question of you sometimes. <laughs> Once in a while, sure. Yeah, yeah but no, it's, it's, it, uh, it's really amazing. Okay. I just I just asked if you ever met Darth Vader. Sure. Because I was hoping for a Jesse story yeah. about meeting Darth Vader. And I think people love it. I think people love that. Have you ever met Darth Vader, Linda? No. I have not ever met Darth Vader. I, uh, I, I, I'm trying to remember. Um, have you ever been force choked? <laughs> no. Not in just a, any Sith Lord? Not, <laughs> not in Darth a social Sidious, or a Darth Maul? No. I, I once Grand met. Grand Moff Tarkin? Uh, I once met, uh, well, uh, figure skating champions Kitty and Peter Carruthers at a, a jewelry store in a mall. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah. It's yeah. no Christy Yamaguchi, but I'll take it. It was, uh, it was right after they were in the Olympics. And, uh, and I, I, was very, I was very young. I was in, I was in middle school. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were at the mall in the jewelry store. 
signing autographs, I think. And the uh, were they autographing jewelry? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. If you buy and, a uh, diamond necklace, this is a pretty good racket for a jewelry store. At the mall, I ran into a couple girls that I went to school with, and one of them said, "You have to go and say hi to them because he's so cute." Uh, he's he's so cute. You should you should go and and see them there in the jewelry store. So I went to the jewelry store and uh, and when I got there, um, being this smooth child that I was, the, I can only imagine the yeah. the smooth sort of socially. You were George Clooney like. I was. I was very a very George Clooney like child. I went up and said. Um, my friend told me that I should come down here because you're so cute, and uh, and he thanked me. And I I I it was I was probably that probably happened when I was I don't know eleven or twelve, and I think I was probably I was probably thirty before I stopped having full body shudders <laughs> when I whenever I thought about that story or <laughs> skating or jewelry, <laughs> you know, it's it was a very uh, it was a very traumatic story. So. The good news is Jesse is not telling you stories about uh, jewelry stores at the mall. I'd like to see I, the the way that I imagine that conversation going in my head. If I'm honest with you, mm-hmm. is you say my friend told me to yeah. come talk to you yeah. because you're so cute, yeah. and he says, oh, "I'm sorry, dear. I'm a homosexual." <laughs> <laughs> this is something you'll learn gradually. <laughs> this was this was the this was the sort of um, early to mid '80s. Mm. So, so this was before pre-homosexuals. <laughs> it was. Probably- <laughs> no, but it was probably before he would have, you know, sure. before he probably would have felt comfortable telling me that in the jewelry store at a mall. You know, Lance Bass was the first homosexual. <laughs> no, I did. You know, that I did not heard, what yeah. I meant. Not what I meant. Um, do you think do kids still meet their heroes at malls? It seems malls like something barely that happened. exist anymore. Yeah, I mean, malls the, are are yeah. way on the outs. They yeah. still have. They still have. Um, you know, big celebrity appearances at like some of the huge ones. Like I used to live right by the Mall of America. Okay. And when I lived right by the Mall of America, they would still have like they had a giant. They had a giant like um, I don't know what you would call it, like a uh, Tiffany kissing booth. <laughs> Tiffany had a kissing booth. <laughs> Kiss Tiffany. No, but they had they have like a big. They made a documentary about the men who were scarred you, by it. Atrium or whatever you would call it, and you would still like sometimes when I went over there, there would still be like eight million children in line to see some famous person. I saw Robin Thicke at the mall once as a grown up. As an adult, I went <laughs> he was to the just mall walking around to see no to see a Robin Thicke concert. Did at you Robin wow. Thicke he put like on a concert played. at the mall? This was in the interregnum. Mm-hmm. Between when he was when he put out his first record, which I mm-hmm. really loved, uh, and uh, when his second record, there was a couple years really flopped. A mm-hmm. couple years, uh, his second record was unsuccessful for like the first six months, and then he had a huge hit single. It was like the third single mm-hmm. on the record that was a big hit. It was sort of in between, so the crowd was not really sure what to make of Robin Thicke. Uh, but I totally saw a concert in a mall. Were they just? Were they just in? Was he just doing this in the food court? Like, were, it was like a, they were not there to see him. They were just. A, frankly, it was in. It was an outdoor shopping center. Uh-huh. It was uh, podcasting's most mentioned outdoor po- uh, shopping center, the Grove here ah, in Los Angeles. That is podcasting's most mentioned. Um, and yeah, it was like around the giant uh, performing fountain. Huh. Yeah, the fountain was performing, and it, but it was sort of in the way. Interesting. It hmm. was. It was weird. So there was like a. So there were like a lot of. Armenian families there to just shop, and then you were there to see Robin Thicke. Yeah, who, was, who are the other exactly people? Exactly what I who were the other people there to see Robin Thicke? I would say confused fans of the local pop radio station. Okay, roughly 150. Mm-hmm. You know, just just 18 year old girls, 17 year old girls that would just show up anywhere that the pop radio station told them to show up. Sure, 
Um, like you get some wristbands or something. And Armenian families. Sure. You know, like basically the two constituents of the Grove, just like random groups of random family <laughs> groupings uh, that were just standing there for the same reason they stand there and look at that fountain. You know, it's just like, uh, got to take a break from shopping sometime. <laughs> this, is why the, this is why Mall of America has an amusement park. Yeah. You know. Is it still Snoopy themed? No, they lost their license with Snoopy. Oh no! Uh, and it became, I think, now Nick, it's Nick Gasoline Alley themed. No. <laughs> I think it became <laughs> Funky Winker Bean themed. <laughs> Rhymes with orange. <laughs> Rhymes with orange. Mutts. I think. I think uh, now comic it's uh, Nickelodeon themed. I think. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, I think it's Nickelodeon themed. But yeah, originally it was Snoopy, and you know, you'd be sitting in the mall eating lunch, and all of a sudden a roller coaster would whiz past your head, which you know, a little bit strange, but you know. very all American. Absolutely, my my nephews enjoyed it when they were small, and you could take them there, and it was something to do in the summer, and, you know, something besides going outside. <laughs> which who wants to do that, really? We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's Radio Sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Linda Holmes, Quaker Avenger. Oh, man. Linda, it's been such a pleasure to have you on the program. Oh, it's been so much fun to be here. Is that an NPR branded tote bag? It is. I got a million of them. I got, a, I got like a million team jerseys. I buy them all myself. You you go into that NPR store. I do. There's a nice store at NPR mm. headquarters. There is. There's a lovely DC, NPR the shop. They have if you're really looking nice for a Nina Toten bag. I got a Nina Toten bag. I have. Is that this something bag. that they have? Yes, yeah. uh, and a Susan Stan bag. They also have a Susan Stan bag. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Can you get a Ophabia Quist arc welder? <laughs> <laughs> Jordan. Yeah. Jordan. Jordan. <laughs> no, but they have a lot of uh, they have a lot of good stuff, and they they used to only have the shop online, so you can get all of this stuff online. You can get the the. The uh, Nina Toten bag or the Susan Stan bag. You guys have a T-shirt too, right? We do. We have a Pop Culture Happy Hour T-shirt. We have uh, selling like hotcakes. We have a pair of pint glasses, and we also have a a, uh, an etched martini shaker. Mm. (laughs) 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 Um, Linda's show, the Pop Culture Happy Hour, such a great show. I listen every week without fail. I make sure to put it in the in the put it in the pod on Friday so I can listen to it on my way to work. It's, I appreciate it's that. It's a terrific show. I appreciate yeah, that. Everybody Jordan. should everybody should check it out. Um, uh, uh, high, highest recommendations from Jordan and myself. <laughs> We're so excited. Uh, Linda could make the time to be on on our show here in uh, on the east side of Los Angeles, away from her natural Los Angeles home, the Beverly Hilton. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, there's no Trader Vicks in here. Yeah. Sorry, we didn't get you your Scorpion Bowl. I don't decide where it is. Sorry, I'm not Claudia Schiffer. Yeah. I don't decide. Where oh, you it is. should go back and read Linda's review of uh, "Who Wants to Marry Harry" because it's very funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like. I love. Uh, I love. I love Fox. I love reality. Uh, yeah. Fox still takes a stab at one of those trashy reality shows every now and then that like have kind of gone out of vogue a little bit. Well, the great thing is I have no memory of writing about Who Wants to Marry Harry. Well, but if you, you did. But I, but I remember. Well, you did a I, very good job. It was very funny. Now that you mention it, I remember that I wrote something about it. That's you know, right. Jordan used to work in the trashy reality show department at Fox. I did, yeah. Did I was, you really? I was an intern at Fox, yeah, right when those kind of uh, Monica Lewinsky hosted. <gasps> did you work on Married by America? 
Oh, let's see. What are they doing? Maybe. I am one of the few people in the world who watched all of Married by America because I recapped it. Ah. So I watched all <laughs> of Married by America. You got a real sense of the arc. No one got married. <laughs> it's the biggest ripoff ever. But is America still the greatest country in the world? I, I assume so. Woo! But not, not for its ability to make people get married. We are exceptional. <laughs> we are exceptional. We can't yeah. force people to marry. Um, hey, listen. Thank you for listening to Jordan Jesse Go this week. Uh, thanks to everybody on the forum at forum.maximumfun.org. Mm-hmm. On Twitter with the hashtag JJGo. On Facebook. We can get a lot of great, great stuff on Facebook sure. lately. And on the uh, Reddit, which has been going swimmingly, there are like four different threads about last week's Jordan Jesse Go on the Reddit. Uh, there are some people trying to reverse engineer what book Maria was talking about, uh, about community building uh-huh. on last week's show. Presumably, they're looking for some tips on how to put a bench for meth heads out in front of their house. <laughs> Um, yeah, but that's at uh, maximum. Uh, that's at reddit.com slash r slash maximum fun. And uh, again, you know, if you're a designer, you have an idea for a Max Fun T-shirt or whatever, uh, or some other Max Fun merchandise. They uh, they can make a lot of different stuff. Our partners at Topeka Co. Sure. Um, e- email Lindsay Lindsay at maximumfun.org. Two zero six nine eight four four fun is our telephone number. JJ Go at maximumfun.org is our email address. Um, the great Jen Marmer. On the boards over there, thank you kindly, Jennifer, and our friend Brian Fernandez all the way over in jolly old England is our producer. He'll be back at the end of August. He'll be much more august when he comes back at the end of August. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) We'll talk to you next time on Jordan Jesse Go. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.